First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 629 of First Class Fatherhood, which is a family-made media podcast, and it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Joining me on the podcast today is former Navy SEAL officer Morgan Luttrell. Morgan Luttrell served as a Navy SEAL officer on multiple combat tours. He survived a deadly helicopter crash back in 2009 in which he suffered a broken back and a traumatic brain injury. He rehabbed, recovered, and returned to the front lines. He served our nation for 14 years before moving on to help other veterans recover from PTSD and traumatic brain injuries. He is a highly educated, highly successful business owner. He also helps teach leadership to law enforcement. He is truly a blessing to our country, which he is continuing to serve as he is currently running for Congress in the great state of Texas. You can find out more about his campaign by going to MorganLatrell.com. And today's interview with Morgan Luttrell was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between the Frogman and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, I did have the honor of having Morgan's twin brother, Marcus Luttrell, on the podcast here a while back on episode 128. Marcus, the lone survivor, joined me with his wife, Melanie. So if you want, flip it all the way back there and take a listen. I have been really blessed and honored to have so many Navy SEALs on the podcast here. You guys that listen for a long time know just how much I love that Navy SEAL mindset. I've had over 65 Navy SEALs here on the program, including Jocko Willink, Medal of Honor recipients Ed Byers, Michael Thornton. I mean, you really got to go through the archives and check out all the frogmen that I've really been blessed to have spend some time with me here on the podcast. And I had a chance to spend some time with all the frogmen during this year's fourth annual Navy SEAL swim. It was by far one of the highlights of the year in which there's been many of them. And anytime I get a chance to be around the Navy SEALs, it's a blessing for me. I think we really need their mindset now more than ever in this country in which it just seems like patriotism is being looked at as a bad thing or a negative thing in some way. Not here on this program. Patriotism is something that I hold near and dear. I love this country. I am proud to be from a country that produces men like Morgan Luttrell and his brother Marcus. Let's face it, we would not stand a chance in this world without them. So let's go, dads. Let's jump into it right here today. Uh, Don't forget, help me out. Spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. It is Father's Day every day on the podcast here. Let's jump into it right now with Navy SEAL, combat veteran, congressional candidate, Morgan Luttrell on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father Morgan Latrell. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alex. Beth, pleasure to be here, buddy. Looking forward to it for a long time. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Two sons. Uh, Lincoln is five and Gunner is nine. Wow, very cool. Are you guys done? Are you going to try for the girl here? No, uh, we're done. We have... Uh, uh, just total transparency. We lost, we lost one. So I think that was my, that might have been our daughter. You just, you know, God has a plan for everybody. But we we settled on two sons, and uh, we have closed up the closed up the baby maker. <laughs> my wife is. Uh, we decided that two is enough. We're getting uh, we're getting a little older. We want to enjoy them, but we still have a little youth left in our system. 
Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, we went through quite a couple of miscarriages ourselves over here. So I understand a little bit about what that's like going through. So if you could, um, Morgan, please just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, background, born and raised, fifth generation Texan, grew up on a horse ranch, um, graduated from Willis High School, a small country town down southeast Texas, went to Samson State University, earned my bachelor's degree in psychology, left for the Navy, uh, enlisted in the Navy, was in the SEAL teams for 14 years, eight enlisted, and six, almost seven as a commissioned officer, medically retired out after a helicopter crash in 14, got back into grad school at the University of Texas at Dallas, studying traumatic brain injury. Started my doctoral studies, uh, went to Washington, D.C. on deferment from that, worked at the Department of Energy, uh, stood up the Office of Artificial Intelligence Technologies, came home, uh, went back to Boston, went to school at Harvard Business School, got my executive education, came home, started a small business. And now actually I'm running uh, running for U.S. Congress in my district where I was raised. And uh, that's been a that's been a journey in itself. But uh, the joy definitely in my life is being a daddy to those two boys. Yeah. Wow. Incredible stuff, Morgan. And thank you for your service, of course. And, and take me back then. You said nine years. So how old were you when you became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Uh, it, it changed it dramatically. I was older. I was uh, 37. Right at 37 when my firstborn son, when my first son showed up. Um, I think that's right if I do the math correctly. And I had to leave shortly a few weeks after he was born for deployment. Uh, and that was extremely challenging to watch my son grow for the first year uh, on Skype. Uh, not something I, I thought that I didn't, if I had to plan it, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, so my wife and I really, you know, she's the bedrock, she's the anchor. And, uh, but it's been great. Uh, the experience itself was something that um, a lot of people go through, but not everybody goes through. So there's, there's those little nuances, but all in all, looking back on it, um, I wish I had that year. And I only say that because with my second son, I was there the whole time and I see the difference, but they're great. They're great. Both of them are amazing, amazing young men. Yeah, very cool. And so obviously you mentioned there too, you're running for office in your district. Uh, I, I know just the political atmosphere is just like on fire in our country here. It's so toxic with so much of this stuff going on. What made you decide to run and what, what was the response from your family? And what has what, what kind of toll has it taken on your family so far uh, making the run? Sure. Um, and and I, for this, I don't want to get, you know, I want to stay out of the political space because I think fatherhood politics has nothing to do with being a daddy. And, you know, um, it was a family decision and I'm running because of my kids. You know, I, uh, in my with my perspective and the way that I was raised, I mean, I love I fought for my country. I love my state. And I want to represent my district and I want my sons to have the opportunities that I had. Uh, reason that my, my wife and I and the boys, you know, we, we read them in from day one. Hey, daddy's. Daddy's going to be doing this. We take them to events. They see, you know, they see the hyper-aggressive piece of it. We, we try to shield them from them because, you know, at that age, it's not something they need to be exposed to, in my opinion, but they are. And, I'll just, and as you as you referenced earlier, uh, earlier um, our country is in a hyper-political space currently. Um, but I think it's good for them to understand and see that. Um, so as a daddy, I, I expose them in, in little tranches as, as where I, as much as my wife and I are comfortable. And, um, you know, downstream as they get older and they realize what, what that position is and what the scrolls responsibility of as a, as a member of the U S house of representatives is, maybe they'll, 
you know, I hope they're proud of their daddy, you know, something that uh, I never intended to do this. It's it. And I, you know, a lot of prayer went, went into making this decision with my wife and my family. And, uh, you know, it's not a perfect world, but again, I hope they, my boys look up and like, you know, daddy, my daddy did that. And that's something I, I always tell myself, you gotta be better than daddy. Do, 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 don't, don't be daddy. Be better. Go to, you know, get a better education than I did. And when I say that, I don't mean not, not to take anything away from the schools that I went to, but be smarter, be brighter, be more aggressive, be, be more adventurous, which, you know, as a SEAL and a, Somebody went to Harvard. That might be challenging. But anyway, you know, I have, you know, I set the expectation early on. I, I want this for y'all. Yeah, the, the, the bar is set pretty high here. And, I, and Morgan, I've had quite a few of the SEALs now, you know, that, that are running, you know, for office. Uh, and it's, I think it's cool to see. I, I think you guys, meaning you guys, the SEAL teams uh, being involved in whatever aspects of life, I think is better for all of us. I just think that you guys, what your experience, what you guys bring to the table, no matter what you're attacking, uh, I, I think it's beneficial to so many of us just as citizens. So uh, I, I love what you're doing. And, and, and it, it all does apply to parenthood. I mean, one way or the other, because I think so many of the things that are involved there directly affect parents. And right now it's a challenging time for so many parents in this country in so many different categories. So uh, and one thing I, I talk about specifically on this show, Morgan, is, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We got so many kids that are growing up without a father, without a father figure. And I think that piece alone, also with God being removed from our society, if we can get our heavenly father back and dad's back in the homes, I think those two things alone would really bring a lot of peace to our our country. What's your take? I, I believe your statement wholeheartedly is the truth. There's a vacuum that's created when you take when you take spirituality you know, out of people's lives. And, uh, you know, the fatherless households, not taking any, anything or discrediting any single mom that's working hard and, and doing the best that they can. But there, there, there is, in my opinion, my humble opinion, there's reason there's a mommy and a daddy. They're the yin and the yang, the hard and soft, you know, and, 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 and whichever direction that may flow. Um, my wife and I compliment each other very well. And, we, and, you know, will our boys turn out perfect? I mean, we hope so, but you, you just never know. But I think having a, a foundation or a bedrock in, in, in your belief in your faith with the Lord, but as well as, you know, the best you can, given the circumstances of having a father in place with a mother to raise children, it, it speaks in absolutes, in my opinion. And it's very challenging in 2022. You know, you, you don't see that. And I, I think it's gone. It, it seems the exponential growth rate seems to be growing and growing and growing as we move away downstream 23 24 20 and it's, it's a sad state but if i was to say to anybody hey look if you're gonna if you're going to if you're going to have babies be you know it's your responsibility to be a daddy and a mama yeah very well said morgan and so tell me about the top values that you hope to instill in your boys growing up my, my boys say yes ma'am and no ma'am that's one of the, i think <laughs> they may have learned to say that before they said mom and daddy um, respect, integrity, and character are, are big with me. Um, humility, but being proud of who you are. You know, we. It, that's that's something that my wife and I push. It's just manners, chivalry. You know, I, that's big on me. But you know, my wife and I, we we got together as the boys have grown and said, "Hey, look, you know, if we can do anything, because we're making men. Period." We are making two men. And what do we want to turn loose into society in eight, in, when they turn 18? We want, them, we want them to be respectful. 
We want them to be hardworking. We want them to be proud, but we want them to have integrity, humility, and character. And, you know, we every day, from the time they get up, if they don't say, hey, do you guys want some breakfast? They're not allowed to say, yeah. It's yes, ma'am, or no, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, or no, sir. And just driving those principles home to them. So once the once once they because they spend more time in school now than they do with us. So we've tried our best early on to create that. And when they, they come home, we've told our teachers, hey, look, this is how we are. And we would appreciate your support. And those are the characteristics and, and the um, kind of the ideals that we teach our sons. Yeah. And then pushing that a little further, Morgan, I, I mean, obviously a Navy SEAL background, you're obviously a well-disciplined individual. What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad uh, when it comes to the kids? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Uh, my, my, <laughs> yes, it, it, it's, it's, I use a lot of the same. Uh, I don't touch my sons. Okay. I'm a big man and you know, I have the ability to move bones around. So we, uh, my sons do get spankings if they cross a certain line. I don't, I don't, span, I don't, we do not stand for disrespect towards mama or ladies. Um, and we do not lie. And then those are kind of like the activation. Hey, you're going to get, you're going to get discipline. You're going to get the belt. Um, what I learned that is more effective that I utilize is exercises. My sons do push-ups. They do. They carry dumbbells or bricks. They pull tires. They do bear crawls. They do crab walks. And I don't care what time of day it is. I don't care what the weather's like outside. If they crawl, if they and they lie, the rules are very. We we're. It's not like hey, you did that. We didn't tell you not to. If they they'll cross the line. If they break a rule that we've had in place, I'll give them a warning. She'll give them a warning. Hey, one more. You're out. We're, we're going outside. And I, you know. That's how I operate because those sore muscles will last for days. <laughs> and when they're complaining about why their shoulders hurt or why their abs hurt or why their, you know, why their, why their legs are burning. I was like, well, why are we outside? Well, I disrespected mommy. Are you going to disrespect mommy again? No, sir. All right. Are you sure? Well, let's take another lap and we'll go until those muscles are nice and tight. And then for the next couple of days, when they're like, man, daddy, my, my, my legs are sore. Daddy, my, my arms are sore. I was like, well, why are they sore? I'll just respectful in school. All right. We're going to do that again. Oh, sir, daddy. We're not going to do that again. All right. Good. Because if we do, we're going back outside. Um, and that's just the way. I mean, it's, it's beneficial because it's, you know, it's exercise and it's, it's stimulating. And it's also beneficial because they know daddy's daddy got a way of getting to you. And um, there's and my wife appreciates that. My wife is a very sweet, loving individual. And, you know, she's she, she did. She wasn't disciplined like my brother and I were. You know, her daddy never spanked her. Mama never spanked her or anything like that. And Mark's not, man, buddy, we grew up, you know, that's how I was. I'm just, I don't know. You you, you seem like you're, you're a bit older, too. I, you know, I don't know if your parents did the same thing that our parents did. But man, my my daddy went straight to the whoopings. Um, so I've changed that. I, I'll tell you, Morgan, to be honest with you, so many of the dads like myself that I interview, when I ask them the question, they all, almost all of them, I mean, I'd say 90% or more say, oh, it's far different than the discipline style I grew up with. I grew up with either the spanking or the spoon or the belt or the switch or however it may be. Uh, but they'll say that they don't do that to their children. And, and I think, too, just like I spoke about before, the fatherless crisis, 
a big part of not having a father or father figure in the home is that discipline portion. I think especially with young men, with young boys, when they don't have that father figure, I think that's why we're filling up so many of the penitentiaries with kids that have no father in the home. Because if they don't have, if they don't find that discipline style, maybe in the military, like maybe some of the guys that you know did, or they don't find it in a coach uh, through a sport, but they find it in the street. I think that's what's leading to so much of the damage that we're seeing throughout, you know, many of the places in the country. It's seven. It's over 70, 80 percent of incarcerated individuals grew up without a father, I think. I'm pretty sure I read some some crazy statistic that that's the case, which is terrible. Yeah, I've spoken to serve, uh, several sheriffs, to several. Uh, I know uh, uh, Bernard Carrick, who ran Rikers Island, and, and they all they all talk. Even even I've had former prisoners in here that, that that have talked about their experience and seeing the young men that are coming in, and it's the overwhelming majority of them uh, had no father or not even a father figure in their life, and it's just. Uh, that's why I think it's so important, man. I think that's why I, you know, that's why I harp on it so much here on the podcast. So I, I love the fact the way that you do your discipline style. It is different. I don't. It, it's almost like saying that you spank your kids today is almost like you know. There's obviously a big difference between spanking a child and beating a child, but it just seems like I think even more men would be afraid to even admit that they spank their child because now we become this society that kind of looks down on that type of parenting uh, from dads. I think there has to be consequences to actions, and you know. A, 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 a whooping every once in a while to get their attention. And uh, it's it's the last line of discipline that we use, and, and I haven't had to do it in a while. But you're, I mean, I'm not talking about a beating. Like, my daddy beat us. Uh, but if you get a swat on the butt, hey, that gets your attention. Yeah, there's no that. How is the relationship with your kids? Because I, I have I have four kids, three sons myself, and we're working on my oldest and my my youngest son because there's you know there's some uh, competition, there's some uh, you know a little bit of uh, uh, you know trouble between them sometimes. So how is the relationship between your two boys? Are they getting along? Are they uh, are they a team together or are they competition? Oh, uh, all all of the above. Uh, so there's a four year age gap. Uh, so. Gunner knows he's the big brother, but they they roughhouse, they wrestle, they get aggressive towards each other, and we, you know I monitor that. Um, I instill in Gunner, the oldest, that you are the big brother. It is your responsibility to not only watch after and look after Lincoln, but it's also your responsibility to teach him the things that he needs to understand and needs to know. Um, so, and if Lincoln messes up, Gunner, he'll course hey look, that, that's that's a, you don't break that rule. Or you don't talk to mama like that. Or, you you know, and even in school, uh, which Lincoln doesn't have a problem with school at all, but he's only kindergarten. Uh, so I, I I try to educate Lincoln by, with, and through Gunner when, when appropriate and applicable. And say, hey, look, you need to share these things that I've shared with you to brother because that's your job as a big brother. Your, your job is to watch after and take care of him. And then your, your brothers, like my brother and I, man, there's a bond there. And, you know, we're twins. But I, I raise my sons like they're twin sons. Like, hey, look, there is you. It's you too. That bloodline is you too. You look after each other. You help. Don't let anything happen to each other. Um, that's something my mother and daddy did for Marcus, and I was like, it's just two of you, and they're always be the two of you, no matter what happens. It'll be the brothers. Yeah, it's an important thing, you know, in my life, too, just to keep them. T- I, I, my mother had seven brothers. This one didn't talk to that one. That one didn't talk to this one. And I was like, this is not not, not going to happen in our family. Like, I make it a point to make sure that even when we have these disagreements, that they come together. And you mentioned, obviously, your brother, Marcus Luttrell. I had him and Melanie here on the podcast. What's the relationship like with your kids with Marcus and Marcus's kids uh, and yours with Marcus's kids? How How is uh, how is that relationship with the cousins? 
Great. Uh, so Marcus and I early. So I named Marcus's firstborn son. He named my firstborn son. That's how that worked. Um, he and I, we are, from day one, we said, hey, look, there's no separation from cousins to from when Gunner and Lincoln are over Marcus and Melanie's house. Uh, we have very similar parenting styles. One of the other things, Morgan, is that uh, patriotism has seemed to be now looked down upon so much in this country, which really, uh, really boggles my mind. I just spent last weekend. I was with a lot of the Navy SEALs, a lot of your teammates at the Navy SEAL swim across the Hudson River. It was the fourth year that they did it. Uh, so it was tremendous to see that amount of patriotism in one place. And I know that that's something that's going to be important with your sons as they grow up. But obviously, the whole story of your brother is, is, is a humongous story. It was a big movie. How much I know he's only nine year oldest, but how much do they know about what happened with your brother? How much you've served and when at what age do you think you would allow them to actually see the movie and sit down and watch Lone Survivor with them? That's, that's a great question. And I think I'll let them, my sons, I'll let them watch that movie when they can appreciate it emotionally. Uh, there's things that I don't let my sons do because they won't grasp and appreciate what the, that the situation actually, the, the gravity of it. And since that is Uncle Marcus and that, that happened to him, they're aware of, I mean, they, they know who, they know that their Uncle Marcus did something amazing. They know that he's a, a hero, an American hero. Um, but they don't understand the, the loss of life. My baby Lincoln is, you know, he's for whatever reason, he's this past couple of weeks, he, um, Martin, if you fast forward the tape in 2011, three of my roommates were killed in, this, in, the, in, the, in the largest loss of life, extortion 17. And um, one of them, my, my, one of my best friends at the time, JT, was passed away. We have a, a memorial, and my son stands every morning, walks by and salutes it, comes in. He's like, I miss him, but never met him. So I think they can, they're starting to appreciate the service because I surround them with former teammates and patriotic people. Marcus do that. Marcus and I do that. But the, again, they won't watch. I, you know, I can't say if Marcus will actually let them watch it or my mother or whatever, but I won't let them, do, I won't let them watch that movie until they can appreciate it. And as far as patriotism go, it's something I don't try to force feed them that. I show them what patriotism is and I show them what patriotism is not. And it's like, this is why we do. This is why we love our country. This is why we study our histories. This is why we respect our elders. This is why, you know, you respect somebody in uniform, whether that's police, firefighters, sanitation workers. It doesn't matter because they're making a sacrifice for you, son, for you. And they're not asking anything in return. And I try to instill that, not, again, not force it so they, they won't turn away from it. Yeah, I, I think it's so important. I, I think it's some of it is so much lost in our country right now that I really think we need to get it back. So and I hope now, obviously, uh, we, we touched on your, your your campaign and we said about how, how you know, just terrible it is, the political atmosphere in the country. But has it how has it been for your family? Have you been able to keep them away from this stuff? Have you seen any kind of like uh, backlash? I know social media, you're going to get all them kind of troll people. But have you seen any have people been so much respectful on the campaign trail and how is the campaign going? That when when Gunnar and Lincoln are present and Leslie too, um, people are, have been very respectful, um, and I appreciate that. I mean that's great because this is a very disrespectful career. And just we're I mean the second that I announced my candidacy, uh, a very large majority of the country 
turn their nose up at me. And I, you know, and I hate that because before then, because Marcus is a, everyone, no matter, it doesn't matter your political um, persuasion, whatever, you know, Marcus, and we're twins. So Marcus walking around, that's a big, you know, people like, oh, hey, thank you for, but now because I did this, and this is one of the conversations we had to have, hey, I'm a conservative Christian Republican. And that changes people's perspective because I'm out in the open. And I'm sure people kind of appreciate that we probably were anyway, but since I never said it, um, that we got a little, you know, we got some, we got a little, a wide berth, if you will. Uh, the campaign is when I'm alone can be aggressive, but never around the children. And I, and, and I think that, and I appreciate that. Uh, our district where we grew up is where I'm running and it's, it's very a conservative Christian district. So I, you know, I speak that language and people appreciate, and I'm not saying it's not very challenging and aggressive because out here people demand a lot of their leadership. And they hold them accountable, which I, I I'm very excited about. Um, but when Lincoln and Gunner are with me, they know they'll they'll either pull me off to the side or it's not in your face, throwing hitting you with anything yet. I mean, I haven't had that happen yet, but I'm sure it's coming. And but the campaign itself is going very well. We had it was a very challenging primary. There was 11 of us, um, some amazing individuals that I ran against. We took it without a runoff at almost 53 points, um, which is very profound. I built an army. We were very aggressive. Um, very involved in it I, because of my wife and kids and involvement in the campaign. I think that helped us out tremendously because they, um, they, they respected that I brought them along and this was a family decision. Uh, so we're, 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 we're running into November uh, campaigning like we're in last place and we'll see, hopefully it turns out, make it will. Yeah. Well, and, and best of luck to you with the campaign. I, I can only imagine how challenging it must be too, especially as a family man, trying to make sure that you're, you're, you're doing the right thing for your family as well. How about as far as traditions, Morgan, you guys got any family traditions that you guys either are carrying over from your own childhood or any new ones that you created? Are you guys like elf on the shelf people? Do you have any kind of like traditions in the family? We do. Uh, and Marcus and I seem to create something for every holiday. My brother's big into that. He spends a lot of time on the tractor cutting hay and moving cattle. So he's like, I got a great idea. Let's do this. <laughs> Uh, we do do Elf on the Shelf. Kids really enjoy that. Uh, my wife and I, in order to make Christmas last, we open a present every hour instead all of them first thing in the morning. So Christmas lasts all day. Wow, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was something that, uh, that we've done for a long time. Uh, traditions as far as we do what's called the yearly cleansing. Marcus and I do this. The kid, the boys have gotten involved in that because um, they're, they're getting older. Our yearly cleansing is Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, at midnight, we jump in the we jump in a body of water wherever we may be, and and the guys I grew up with come out. It's a big deal, uh, and it's usually extremely cold, but it's 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 the yearly the yearly cleansing. We've been doing it since we were uh, juniors in high school. <laughs> wow. wow, very cool. All That's right, enough. well, I'm not going to keep you much longer here. Last thing I want to hit you with, Morgan. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Yeah. And I, I had to learn this later on, unfortunately, but, and it's something that I've course corrected in, in my, in the ways that I raised my sons, they remember everything. And I, it, it took, it, it took a journey for me to realize that how I, I was, I was talking to Gunner like he was a team guy. And and it, it and when I finally had the realization that it doesn't have to be that way because he's not, he's nine, um, my patience just drastically increased. And I, 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 I really, if something happens, I, as a father, 
stop, I look, I listen, and I and I try to understand, and I don't make a decision or a reaction at that moment because nobody's shooting at us. It's not life or death. Hey, just stop with uh, just hey, what's going on here, and take time to realize: is it worth what? What reaction is worth it? And that was one of the most important things for me, um, because my daddy didn't do that, and so Marcus and I kind of lived in fear every time daddy came home, and I don't want that for my sons. So and if they break rules, calm and collected, always be calm and breathe. <laughs> breathe for new daddies. I mean, when Gunner showed up, I, I mean, like the third day I was outside raking the dirt and my neighbor drove by. And she's like, she rolled the window. She's like, it's OK if you want to throw him out of a window. Just don't do it because <laughs> uh, he, he was a he was he was he was crying, you know, that kind of thing. New daddy thing. Right. I was like, yeah, but but um, just be patient. And remember, they, they're not they're not a, they're babies. We have to teach them. So, you know, they may not know that they messed up. Yeah, very well said, Morgan. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, uh, Morgan Luttrell, you're a first-class father all the way. Thank you for your service, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Hey, God bless you and everything you do, partner. Take care. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.